Welcome to episode 33 of the Golf Betting System podcast. This week we are covering the Travellers Championship on the PGA Tour and the BMW International Open on the European Tour. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. I'm Steve Bamford, PGA Tour Previewer at Golf Betting System. And with me we have European Tour expert Paul Williams. Good evening to you, Paul. Good evening, Steve. Looking forward to the football? No. <laughs> but like a moth. Or any, you know, like uh, like anything that's attracted, you know, like a like a bee to a flower, like a fly to a Venus flytrap. I cannot resist watching it, Paul. No, no, might as well get the uh, disappointment out of the way, nice and early this year. Man. We uh, shall see. Well, you, you and I said this for weeks. It will end up nil nil. <laughs> It'll be like the Alamo for the last ten minutes when when they when Tunisia are pretty much all camped out on the six yard box. Yeah. So this is it. An hour and a quarter before kickoff on Monday. Prediction is nil nil. So <laughs> we'll see, see how far wrong or right. Listeners will be thinking, what the hell are they talking about? What's this soccer rubbish all about? Our our American and Canadian brothers. Although it's big out there now, isn't it? We've got yeah, Wayne Rooney out in uh, Washington this season. Yeah. growing how scary golfbettingsystem.co.uk that's our website our twitter handles um, I'm at Bamford Golf and Paul is at Golf Betting our uh, pundit podcast Barry is uh, Barry O'Hanran's taking the week off he's somewhere stuck in a car in the middle of Ireland but hopefully he'll be with us next week uh, the podcast available on Podbean iTunes tune in for Android player FM pod tail Naturally, subscribe or follow the podcast and tell your friends about the show. And please, 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 please take time to rate and review us on iTunes. It helps to keep all of our weekly content free across the websites, across YouTube, and of course, the weekly podcast. So any time that you can spare rating and also reviewing us on iTunes would be much appreciated. I suppose, Paul... We should start with the uh, U.S. Open, shouldn't we? Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. What a I win just, for what a win for Brooks, eh? Back to back. That That's stat not... I kept telling you about it came back to haunt me, didn't it? Yeah, who's the last guy to do? Curtis Strange, wasn't it? I think Curtis um, Strange. Yeah, so that kind of trends now bust. So forget about that, chaps. Anyone that's a U.S. To be fair, and it's true, and you read this and you think it through. The US Open su- suits a certain kind of player. And you can list mm. them. I mean, most yeah. of them were in contention this week. Dustin yeah. Johnson. Justin Rose. Yeah, Henrik Stenson. Yeah, yeah. But really, as ever, it comes down to the brass tacks of who can hit the ball a long way off the tee. Mm. And Brooks Koepka, you know, what's he been now? Second at Pinehurst when he was still a European Tour player. Yeah. He won... Of course, last year at um, Erin Hills, and then he goes and wins this year. You know, he's a US Open specialist, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. He deserved it, didn't he? He, At the end of the day, he deserved that title. Forget about the USGA on the Saturday, and yes, it was frustrating, and I hate to see the situation that they caused on Saturday, where a couple of players going out in the first five or, you know, first five, seven groups playing, yeah, very, very well, fair play. But then finding themselves in the joint lead at the end of the tournament, that <laughs> penalising the best players across the opening two days just cannot be tolerated. 
Yeah, it's uh, it, it did. It got a bit farcical, didn't it, towards the end of Saturday? And clearly, a lot of the um, a lot of the pros who were caught up at the back end of that day were quite vocal about it on uh, on social media, and quite rightly as well, I think. Um, after two thousand and four, here, after what happened to Dustin Johnson when he won at Oakmont a couple of years ago, you would have thought the USJ would have got their head around all of this. Yeah, and just uh, uh, on they? the side of caution a little bit more mm. than they do. Yeah, yeah, they did get. I'm not down, talking, I mean. you know. I'm talking of, you know, even if it's five percent in terms of water in the greens, in terms of, yeah, you know, just making the course just set up in a way where something completely stupid isn't going to happen. Yeah, it's a shame when you you get the the tournament that's kind of tarnished with that, and uh, I, I guess in a way it was you know, whilst the likes of uh, uh, Finau, you know, had he have won, um, you know, fair play to him, but you know, it would have been kind of uh, people who've been looking at that Saturday performance and saying, well, you know, he, he, he didn't win it in a in a fair fashion, or it wasn't won in a fair fashion. So in a way, uh, Kepka coming through and. Uh, and, and, and doing what he did was great. I, you know, the, the most impressive performance aside from that yesterday was clearly Tommy Fleetwood and the mm. performance that he put in to put the uh, put the pressure on. And uh, you know, on another week, that could easily have been a conversion for Tommy. Could easily have been a conversion from you know what? a n- number of groups back. You know, a couple of hours in the clubhouse. You're the man in the hot seat for the Open Championship in terms of golf mm. betting system. So you you do your usual tips. What mm. price are you expecting? For Tommy, the Carnoustie course record holder, Fleetwood at the Open. You can't see much more than twenties, can you? I, he'll be, 20s. yeah. You know, he'll be um, given a lot of respect for not yeah, not only the performances that he's put in in some of these big tournaments. You know, the guy's firmly in in constant inside the the OWGR top ten now, and quite rightly. You know, Tita Green is absolutely outstanding when he's on his game, and uh, you know he's clearly getting a getting to the point where the putter can be strong enough and hot enough, and particularly when he's under intense pressure at the business end of uh, tournaments, um, you know, to, to put him in in the chance of winning these uh, winning these events, and you know that was a huge chance for him yesterday. Um, what did he miss on the last hole? It was only about eight foot, wasn't it? Eight and a half foot. Oh, mate, yeah. I think that would have. I think he'd have won it if he'd held that up. Well, yeah, precisely. There was a couple of you know even before that the two holes they they, they were they weren't ridiculously long um, putts that he was uh, you know that he didn't make on sixteen and seventeen prior to that eighteen was clearly a huge opportunity. But um, yeah, you know, had he got to one over, you'd you'd have thought well. You know, potentially that's really going to put the pressure on uh, on the rest of the field. Um, but yeah, just that little bit short. But it's a, it's, a, it's another bit of experience in the uh, in the bank for Tommy. And um, yeah, I'd be surprised to see much more than twenties at the Open. I can't I can't see how you know unless he's you know the, the wheels fall off completely in the meantime form wise. Um, then uh, I think that's kind of where he's going to be. Mm-hmm. And, and clearly with a uh, a very strong. Um, links field out there and a very strong uh, field in general that are going to be competing against him but quite rightly he deserves to be in that kind of bracket I think Do you see him as one of the European talisman in the Ryder Cup even without you know his experience in that? I think he's such a likeable guy um, that 
you know, he's going to be um, massively popular. You know, pe- people look at him and, uh, and there's, there's an awful lot of respect and growing respect. And that's both sides of the Atlantic as well. You know, he's, uh, he's clearly a very level-headed guy, um, very likeable guy, but also an incredibly talented golfer. And he's still growing in terms of his game and his performances. So, yeah, he's, uh, he's going to be a big player for us, I think. Are you slightly concerned, though, when you look at the major championships and you look at how the European players are, you know, are performing compared to Team America? Who was it? They well, now one is it six on the trot, and you just look at the leaderboards and just packed full of top Americans. Yeah, to a degree, but then the the, the leveler could well be the uh, the track over in Paris, which you know if. Uh, if, if we've got our heads screwed on from a European if, perspective, if, if Bjorn's got anything about him, <laughs> yeah, then we'll be setting it up to be extremely um, challenging from tee to green. And um, why wouldn't you do that when you've got a team that's predominantly full of ball strikers against uh, an American team that's uh, you know it's it's almost the complete opposite in a lot of respects. You'd set the course up to be very strong, very challenging from tee to green given the opportunity to do that. And if Thomas doesn't do that, then I think he's missed a you know, huge trick. I, I, I don't think you can doubt the fact that the European side in 2018 is going to be far, far, far stronger than it was in 2016. Mm. And I don't know if the Americans are taking that seriously. Um, the course could be a huge level. Yeah, I think so. Think, aside from the fact that most of the Europeans will have played it a number of times on the uh, on the regular circuit at the the Open to France, then you know it's going to be a, a big upside in terms of their course experience and knowledge, and then the setup can be um, you know can achieve an even stronger advantage in mm. my view. There's a few of the guys coming over from America, quite rightly, isn't there? a few of the American team that will come over and play the Open to France this year, and uh, you know that's absolutely what they should be doing. Thought, I'm sure I saw Justin Thomas confirm. Thomas is a definite, yeah. So, uh, and I'd expect a few more as we get a bit closer to the day. But uh, yeah, they've got to come over and take a look at the course and see how it sets up now. And clearly, between now and uh, the end of September, there's an opportunity for it to be um, to be, to be geared and uh, steered towards however Thomas wants his uh, wants it to be set up. So. I mean, if you look at the European team, Rose is clearly playing some fantastic golf. I genuinely think what we discussed over the last kind of two shows, the US Open podcast, it came to fruition in the end. It all got a bit too much for him. Yeah. I think the dynamic with him and Henrik could have worked, but it didn't in the end. But you look at Henrik again, another top 10 in a major. So there's there's two players at the top of their game. Tommy Fleetwood for three. Yeah. McElroy isn't far away we know that it was yeah. interesting I didn't notice until today that a couple of years ago he got, he got a third at the, uh, the Golf National yeah. so yeah, he, no, he, he clearly gets on well with the course yeah, so there, course, yeah. there's four strong strong players as as we know well it's interesting yeah it's interesting to see Poulter playing well as well you know because clearly um, from a He'll match play perspective. Oh, well, I think he only has to maintain his form, even if he's, you know, even if he's outside of the points. Then I can't see any yeah. way, shape, or form that he wouldn't get a pick. The talisman. He'll yeah, make. He'll good. make. He played. He played very well. I thought Poulter. But yeah, he'll make the team. Absolutely. Yeah. He's a, he's a captain's pick. That's assured. Yeah. John Rahm has been playing well this year. That course. Yeah. 
back to the drawing board. That was a complete cock up on my part. So apologies to listeners on Ra. That didn't sue me in any way, shape, or form. No, but, you live and you learn, know, don't you? On, in a Ryder Cup, you just know that that guy is going to be top, top quality. Mm. And then you're starting to think about other members of the team, aren't you? Is is you know, my, it looks like Frankie's already going to make it because yeah. of that. His you know run the yeah, last two tournaments. These big Rolex points really help. Yeah, him. and Frankie around uh, around the Golf National again, ball striker, tee to green, bent power greens, going to suit him down to down to a tee. Yeah. Yep. And but it's then who make the rest of the team. Sergio is struggling. Mm. terribly struggling yeah, it'll be interesting it was, to see what he does in your tournament this week in Germany but he's struggling isn't he, well, he is, was he missed five out of six yeah. cuts in his last yeah, in his last six it's, it's not good is it not Paul good, Casey it? you would assume he's going to get some kind of captain's pick if he doesn't qualify yeah. automatically and he's playing well under the radar I think I think you can't say there's another win in the pipeline for Paul it might not be on the PGA Tour you might find it's on the European Tour if he comes back for some of the, you know, the Irish Open or something like the Scottish yeah, Open. Yeah, potentially. If he has a putting week like he did when he won earlier in the year, yeah. then, uh, or putting day as that was, um, you know, that's that's all it takes to get yourself over the line sometimes. Isn't it? Fitzpatrick's game starting to bubble nicely, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know, there's a lot of guys up there. Who... Yeah, someone like um, G-Mac, who's won, I think he's won twice at uh, the Golf National in the past, hasn't he? You know, does he get a pick when they're trying to get further down the, uh, you know, to, to the nuts and bolts of the decisions? I know he's not been performing um, well enough to warrant that right now, but other different factors that start to get uh, considered as you get to, you know, as push comes to shove. Lots to consider, I think. Yeah, if you look at the team at the moment, it's. I mean, we've even forgot Tyrrell Hatton. I do apologise, Tyrrell, because Tyrrell, again, is playing some great stuff this season. Mm. If you look at it at the moment, European points, Hatton tops it, Rose, Fleetwood, Francesco. Then you go world points, John Rahm, Rory McIlroy, Alex Noren, and Matthew Fitzpatrick. They're the eight qualifiers at the moment. Yeah. So outside of those, Fitzpatrick, uh, sorry, Rafa, Cabrero. Ian Poulter, Stenson's outside, Garcia's outside, Paul Casey's mm. outside. Yeah, that's a loaded group of players there. Yep. Ross Fisher's just dropped out the European points. It's it's tight, very tight. Tiorbjorn's only just outside now. Very, very interesting. Right, talk through the BMW International Open. I know that it's a course where they've played in the past, and uh, this is one of the better tournaments outside of the Rolex series isn't it over crossing Germany as well. yeah it's, you're starting the build up now towards the open so the, the events are starting to get bigger and clearly we've got those big um, Rolex events coming up um, over the next few weeks so but yes this is slightly smaller but we're starting to get some uh, some better fields so you've got the likes of um, Fleetwood who tops the bet in this week at around 8 to 1 um, he's one of 8 who've come over uh from uh, straight from Shinnecock, he's the only one of the eight that I've counted who's, who made the cut. The rest of them all missed. So you've got the likes of Sergio's playing, um, missed the cut. Um, Olsen missed the cut. Tom Lewis, uh, Lucas Herbert, Matt Wallace, uh, Martin Kimer, Ernie Els, all of them playing this week all missed the cut last week. So it's only Tommy. And clearly, I guess when you get these post um, major events and you'll have the same challenge with yours, um, is what credence do you put in the uh, performance, the finishing positions, the stresses and strains, the mental uh, challenges that will have uh, affected the players 
um, over the course of the you know the last four days, and does that or is that likely to impact their performance going forward? You know, in the past, um, you know, there have people there have been people come over directly from the US Open, um, and whether they performed well or missed a cut, and I remember Stenson uh, withdrew was it last year, the year before, um, when he he won uh, this event and then went on to uh, to win. Um, so clearly. These guys that have played over in America last week shouldn't be instantly disregarded for, you know, f- fatigue factors. But um, as to how has, much... he, has he got a lot to beat though? That's what I'm looking at. <sighs> is, there, is there a lot there to beat? I mean, I from Fleetwood. I think Fleetwood's the kind that does carry form over. You remember the end of last year when he was just ploughing? Yeah, and oh, no, he, he went out to Tigers tournament, didn't he? Finished second or third out there. He just it was just one after the after the other after yeah. the other after the other. Yeah, I, the, the question you got to ask yourself is: Do you take that risk at eight to one? And um, you know, it, that's that's a kind of an all-in win-only bet. Yeah. If you're going to play that card, um, it's, your, yeah. it's your Dustin Johnson at the FedEx St Jude a few weeks ago, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. You know, and Tommy's done well on this particular course in the past. He's clearly playing good enough to uh, contend uh, a US Open. So, should he be able to come here and, and perform well? In theory, yeah. You know, you're looking Sergio's second favourite, fourteen to one. But as we said, he's missed uh, no, five or six cuts. Um, Andy Sullivan's playing far better golf. Um, he's at the same kind of price, but. Do you do you want to take Sullivan at fourteen to one? Sixteen you know, to one. Yeah, it's, it's not wet in my whistle. And we're talking, you know, we talked a, a number of times about uh, Olsen, twenty to one here. You know, yes, he he won in uh, Italy, missed the cut last week, um, but is he the kind of player that you should be taking at twenty to one? Again, not for me. You know, if you look down these players, then. You, know, you struggle to see it at the top of the market if there's any real value. Thomas Peters, that he started to show a little bit of form. You know, yeah. he did. Um, was yeah, he 14th yeah. in Italy? I think it was. And you know, that's a step forward, but his long game's still been pretty poor. And you know, there's still some flashes of uh, uh, frustration that you're seeing from him. Um, and uh, you know, things aren't quite right with with Thomas at the moment. So, um, for me, the biggest challenge will be the stark change and stark difference in the um, style of play required just the difficulty um, and you know just adapting to that very quickly as well as the fact you know clearly you've had to come straight over from uh, from New York to uh, to Germany and, and, and get straight into your golf but um, this historically this course and just to give some background the this this particular event kind of flits between two courses so this is the course they played in 2012 Courtney, you've got you've got to tell listeners the name of it just to amuse me more than it <laughs> you know, Gut Lachenhoff is how I'd pronounce it um, I'm, I'm sure I'll get corrected by uh, by someone who's far better at pronouncing the and German this is myself. the one that's on the west side of Germany so Cologne right the other one's yeah, it's, it's, it's Munich isn't it in the yeah. south yeah, you got it. So this is this is Cologne and Pulheim. It's um, it's based in. So, um, and they 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 have got some different characteristics. This one. So this is um, a seven thousand two hundred twenty eight yard par seventy two by Jack Nicklaus, and it's a, a mixture of um, exposed and tree lined holes. So it's you know it's, it's difficult to categorise one way or another because it isn't a you know it isn't a tight tree lined course all the way around. It isn't exposed all the way around. There's bits and pieces of all of it. Half of the holes have got water on as well. So. There's a fair mix of different types of uh, hull. Um, Ben Power Greens. And 
they traditionally try and get them really quite firm and fast so they tend to run about 12 on the stint which for the European tour is quite uh, really quite fast now um, this particular track is a bit tighter than the, the other one you mentioned down in Munich so generally it lends itself more to players who are more adept from tee to green um, particularly when it's firm and fast, because when it's firm, then you know the balls are potentially running through the fairways, and uh, you know if you unless you're particularly accurate, um, then you may 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 well be playing a lot of your shots from uh, from the rough. And to compile a score here, which needs to be generally you know, to the mid to high teens under par, you want to be in a position generally from off the from the from the fairway so that you can be. Uh, uh, you know, in a position to make some uh, some birdies and some eagles, and particularly on the par fives, which are one of the uh, the more important parts of the uh, scoring on this particular track. From what I'm seeing here across the tournaments that have been played here from 07, just looking at your preview, mm. um, it seems to me to be far more about greens and regulation than it does about a hot putter. Yeah, there's, yeah. There's the odd exception like Zanotti, but apart from that, you know, GIR is absolutely critical. Well, I think Zanotti is a bit of a red herring there because if you look at Zanotti's game in general, he's a very accurate player generally. When he's playing well, um, you'll see a lot of performances where he's first, second, third for driving accuracy on the week. And he was Not still always, 75, you know, he was still hitting three out of four greens, and he was 47 yeah, exactly. greens of regulation. So that, yeah. that tells you yeah. one thing. Yeah, so generally he's um, an accurate player. He can he can go hot with a putter. You look at his stats that week, and you sometimes get these anomalies, don't you? You look at a player and you think, well, hold on, that's not, you know, he's won that tournament. That's not how I'd have expected him to play that, and he's, he's a great example of that. But if you look at Stenson, Stenson's more atypical, I think, of what is required to win on this track. So he topped yeah. driving accuracy, topped green team regulation, um, you know, he. he, he did enough to win this particular event off the back of the strengths of his, na- uh, his his game. And if you go back further still, Danny Willett's a great ball striker. Um, you, you've got James Kingston won here, or the old German Masters, the uh, Mercedes-Benz back in 2009, uh, Robert Coulson, uh, 2008, and Anders Hansen as well. Oh, sorry, Soren Hansen. And all these guys, are, when they're on their game, are strong from tee to green, hit a lot of greens in regulation, as you said. So... So yes, for me, and I think you you hit the nail on the head there. Greens in reg has got to be one of the, um, if not the key stat you're looking at here. And um, the complicating fact, if it is a complicating fact, is that it's been particularly dry out there the last few weeks. Um, and whilst the forecast has changed quite a bit since I first looked at it at the back end of last week, it's just a bit cooler than it was expected to be. So it's only going to be up to the kind of the, the low to mid 60s Fahrenheit over the course of the four uh, tournament days. But um, aside from a, a little shower, potentially Thursday morning, it should be dry. So the greens and the fairways should be maintained as firm and fast. And I suspect the emphasis will continue to be on making sure that you're playing that kind of methodical tee to green game, um, getting yourself into, into position to make birdies. Because once on board, these greens are good. They're relatively straightforward. They're nice and fast. And they can uh, favour those guys who aren't the best putters out there and that's why you're seeing the likes of Stenson who can you know can convert enough chances when he's on the greens here to yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. get himself over the line he's hitting it tight enough he's making enough he's making enough putts Top yeah yeah and it, it, it's, 
you know, you look back at his um, his course form here, and prior to winning, he finished runner up twice. He'd finished sixth a couple of times as well. So he came in form, I think it was two six six two for course form spread over those various different events going back in time. Um, and you know, fifth time lucky, converted, and uh, you know, clearly it's that kind of course that is going to appeal to his game. So, you so for me, absolutely yeah. dis- you must be distraught that Jordan Smith isn't playing. Yeah, you know, you and I talked about him last week because he's, you know, he, he seems like a very strong um, pick for this on that basis. But yeah, he's he's not here, which is which is a bit of a shame. It is a bit of a shame. There, there is some wind forecast for Thursday, Friday as well, and it could get up to kind of fifteen mile an hour average in the afternoon. So you, you're going to seeing gusts in excess of that, and again. That's just going to play into the hands further of the ball strikers. I think those guys who can, you know, really hit the ball well enough to, to uh, you know, circumvent the wind and uh, get themselves safely from tee to green. Convert on the par fives. You don't want to be tacking the par fives from the rough because you, you know, you've got to be in a position to really score well on these par fives here, which has been critical over all of the renewals that I've looked back in um, over time. So, um. Yeah, someone who's striking the ball particularly well from tee to green is where I'm going with it. Um, and they don't have to be the best putter, but you know if they've got a bit of form when they've been on faster greens, uh, bent or bent power based greens, then uh, all the better. Um, the I've we're in now with six o'clock on Monday. I've only backed one player so far, and um, I've got a few more in mind, but I'll sleep on it and um, put them up after. Uh, after the show first first thing tomorrow the only one I've backed so far is uh, Lucas Beargard and I know I've been on Lucas a number of times over the last few weeks but his tee to green game has been exceptional over the last few weeks and if he can continue that I think the fact that the greens here are that little bit easier are that little bit straight, more straightforward faster which will help him are they bigger? Not particularly, no. They're kind of average size. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call them particularly small. I wouldn't call them particularly big. You know, they're they're, they're just okay. good quality um, bent power greens that are reasonably fast. So um, that should suit someone who can hit a lot of greens and then you know clearly put himself into position to do that. If you, go you, back, think, you you think somewhere like this, a kind of nondescript track in Germany, is going to suit him a bit better than it did the Italian Open when he, you were on him a few weeks ago? Yeah. Yeah, it was interesting looking at the Italian because if you go back prior to that, he finished uh, sixth in China where he was over 80% of greens in regulation. Uh, fifth in Sicily um, and he improved his rank in the field in greens in regulation again. Third in Went- third at Wentworth where he topped greens in regulation. Yeah, and he went, yeah, to, yeah. went to Italy and, and he finished way down the field. He made the cut and finished down the field. But he was still top for total drive and he was still top for ball striking. So mm-hmm. his long game was clearly still there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the thing that will put people off Beargard this week is that he's missed the cut the two times that he's um, he's come to this course. So that's kept his price um, at bay a little bit, given that he's finished top six on three of his last four starts. And you know, aside from the guys at the very top, this isn't the greatest of fields. Um, so he's missed the cut a couple of times that he's played here. He has got some form in Germany. He's finished fifth at the European Open back in 2015. Um, and uh, top 12 and the challenge tour back uh, further back in his career but I, for me he's playing better golf now than he has been for a long long time clearly he got the purple patch at the back end of last year when he won in Portugal and this reminds me very much of where he was back then 
Um, and I don't see any reason to, to, to look at the Italian Open result you know, negatively. He's had a week off in between that. Um, hasn't had the trials and tribulations of playing over at the US Open. And um, I think he can come back and, and, and do well here this week. Um, and yeah, he's just got to continue that ball striking performance. He can tear up the par fives. He'll act, you know, as long as he's hitting the fairways, he'll absolutely tear up the par fives here. And you know, if you're putting a score of circa minus 10, minus 12 on those par fives over the course of the week, you're going to put yourself into a very strong position to contend on Sunday afternoon. He does make a lot of logical sense. Mm. He really does. He, he was the one that I'm looking at on my screen thinking, I, I thought you might go for him. Yeah, yeah. So he's the only one I've backed. He, he's I got him at forty to one. I've taken him early because I suspect that'll go um, either tonight or first thing tomorrow. So it's it, it likely not to be around for too much longer. But um, there's still a bit of thirty fives and thirty threes. And you know, again, relative to the field that's out there, I think I'd I'd far rather be on that than some of the guys who are kind of around the fourteen, sixteen to one price point, um, which just is particularly unappealing. I, must say. I can't. I can't see Fleetwood not being a feature in the finish. So, you know, if you're going to get a good stake on at forty to one or thirty-five to one on Biergard and he snares a, a a good place, yeah, job done. Yeah, it is, and you know, it's you know, if if Tommy and let's assume that you know he, he turns up and he's uh, he's not completely jaded and he's you know he starts the tournament well. I think if he, to- he starts the tournament badly, uh, Fleetwood, then. Um, you know, you could see him tail off and miss the cut. If he starts it well and he's, you know, he's up for contending for another week, then it's going to be very tough to beat. But uh, that's the kind of chance you're taking here. And uh, yeah, eight to one, I can, I can give him a miss, I think. But uh, yeah, no, very regards to the, the, the guy that I've backed. There's a few others that I, I like the look of. Um, Martin Keim is interesting because he top wins in regulation at, um, in Italy. Um, you know, he had a bad missed cut at the US Open last week, but then he's... You know, that's given him an extra couple of days to come back, and he's that weren't his game last week, was it? Miss a green, and oh, no, that's, no, that's no, not think... <laughs> You need, yeah, you need, you needed to be able to uh, chip to, the ball a little bit, yeah, yeah, to to make your pars when you needed to. Um, but clearly, he'd found something in Italy um, with his with his long game in particular, and yeah. um, I think he was leading after a couple of days as well, and he eventually it dropped back a little bit. But uh, there's some good signs there. Um, and he's local to this. He's only he's only li- only lives 15, 20 minutes down the road, so um, he'll know this course far better than most. And um, forty to one was available right at the time of uh, we, we're recording now. So that was an interesting mm. one. Again, I'm not, I'll sleep on that and see if that's the direction I want to go with that. Um, Lorenzo Gagli, Galli, um, however you pronounce his name, is another one that um, kind of fits the bill here. And he's kind of come over from the, the Challenge Tour, uh, where he won uh, in Kenya, and then um, he got runner-up in Turkey as well. So he's clearly playing well, but he's taken to the European Tour quite quite nicely. He's got four consecutive top 23 finishes, and he's the kind of accurate high GIR player that could well go well here as well yeah. um, and there's a bit of 90 to 1 available about him right now so yeah. for a longer he makes sense yeah for a longer punt he was um, he was another one that's on my radar but but yeah there's a, there's a few there's a few more angles I need to work through here over the next few hours and then uh, yeah get the final 
preview out in the morning and see where that takes us. Work through the next few hours. The kickoff's in 45 minutes. <laughs> Give me that rubbish. Well, once we're so down after 15 minutes, I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll switch the laptop on, on and start. Uh, start Power up. Off. Yeah, that's the one. But yeah, that's kind of where I'm heading so far in Germany. I think it makes a lot of sense, mate. Hmm. I think I think Fleetwood would be highly popular. I won't put anyone off. I expect Fleetwood probably, in my mind, he probably wins it. They're in a lot to beat. But, yeah. You know, if you're going to get a nice each way price in the places with him, and I think Kime is the kind of sort. But yeah, I noticed with him, his stats again a lot better tee to green. This isn't going to be a putting contest. And if you're hitting seventy five percent greens minimum, you know he's not got to worry about scrambling in any way, shape, or form. No, I think he was eighty. You could see you. Yeah, you could see Kaima getting in the mix at forty to one. Yeah, yeah, I think he was he was nearly eighty five percent of greens in Italy, yeah. which is no you know that's no mean feat. So clearly, there's some bits of his game that haven't quite been there, and clearly he's been injured as well, hasn't he? This so, is clearly a course where uh, you know good professionals can hit eighty plus mm-hmm. greens in regulation, no percent point, no yep. no worries at all. So that that screams Kaima, doesn't it? Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day. You know, it, like you said, it's not really a putting contest. It's going to be grinding out those GIR, and, it, and he's not going to worry about scrambling. No, you know, and how many greens are you going to miss total? Not that many. No, and it was interesting in Italy because he was making some putts as well. And where he's looked, you know, mm. for quite a while now, he's looked a bit uh, shaky over a yeah. lot of his putts. He was, um, he looked far better and far happier. And you know, again, yeah. t- in his homeland, just down the road, you know, from home. Uh, is he going to be, feel comfortable? And that's why a few shrewdies were getting on, getting involved with him last week, you know, because at Shinnecock you had the idea that it might be, you know, similar to Pinehurst, blah, blah, blah. And people mm. have noticed that that putter is starting to warm. Yeah. Which on a course where scrambling isn't going to be such a huge issue, he can be competitive, and it does sound like this week. Yeah, I don't mean he's a million miles away, and uh, if he gets himself in, you know, further into contention from from where he was last time in Italy, you know, he's he's got a bank of experience to fall back on from, you know, from the many tournaments that he's won earlier in his career. So, yeah, he's he's he's, he's got to be one that's worth serious consideration, I think. Travelers Championship over in the United States. Yeah. Um, a particularly interesting tournament this one I always find it and like you said it's you know how does the US Open impact um, it's played in Connecticut uh, at TPC River Highlands which is a pretty nondescript Parkland golf course tree lined it's got bent grass mixed with Poano again greens they won't be anywhere near what we saw last week mm. although I do expect it to be quite firm there is a kind of 50-50 chance of some rain Monday night, Wednesday night, so it could be quite soft, right. um, or it could be quite firm. Um, I don't know if that makes much of a difference to scoring, potentially not. It tends to be a bit of a mid-score sort of dreamer's course, so 12, 14, 15 under par. Mm. Um, for me, it's a plotter's course, um, unless you're Bubba Watson and he just hits driver everywhere and then hits wedge. <laughs> He does love the course, doesn't he? And he absolutely loves the course because it's got Ben Grass, Poana Greens, which he absolutely thrives on. Mm. Um, it's just one of those courses that he can just turn up and play. So um, he's a very, very interesting guy this week, I think, Bubba. Yeah, there's a few like that, isn't it? You know, clearly, Riviera again earlier this year, another course that he feels incredibly comfortable when he turned up. And uh, 
you know, I don't think his underlying form was that bad, but he was clearly under the radar enough to be a, a, a good pack, backable price that week. I think was he fifty to one that week? I think he he won it. Something silly. Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's definitely an interesting um, constituent. I think this week. Mm. There's not really a lot to say about the course. I mean, I put a lot I, as ever. I've got a lot of detail around it. Um, one thing to note: it's a par seventy. And par four performance here is absolutely critical. So as part of the preview, which again, yeah, as Paul's is, it's linked to within the Podbean description uh, box. Um, the winner of this tends to be the person that absolutely kills the par fours. Now, two par fives. Um, scrambling here is quite difficult. But when you look at, I mean, when you look at the cold hard facts, and yeah, it's a decent field. It is at the top anyway. Yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Thomas, McElroy, Coker, Spieth, Reed, Day. And it'd be very easy, Paul Casey, it'd be very easy to, you know, as we said, an analogy with the moths, like watching England play football. Yeah, it'd be <laughs> very easy just to get stuck into those guys. One of them's going to win for sure. And yeah, last year, Jordan Spieth did win. But Jordan Spieth was playing some quite consistent golf beneath the surface. He finished uh, the US Open, I think, with something like a 67, the and then he travelled straight here. He had some momentum. I don't see that this year. I don't no. see any momentum with him. The putter did warm. And I was talking to you earlier. I, I was tempted with speed. I'm seeing a little bit of 16 to 1. But yeah, generally. I'm, a, I'm a bit like you. In a way, I'd like to snare a, a player at a better price and bring home at least a nice each way return. And on the basis that, you know, winners around here. Um, a winning a price around here can be quite chunky. I mean, yes, as we said, uh, Spieth was ten to one, but then the year before that, Russell Knox, and that was the year that this came on. Uh, it was in the schedule after the PGA Championship, so it was mm. after the majors. Yeah. And he'd been playing quite well at the Open. He'd, I think he'd finished second at the Irish Open to McElroy, top ten at the Scottish Open. He was clearly playing some really nice golf. Twenty second at the PGA Championship, but within that. I think there was a couple of rounds, second and third round, where he'd been in the top ten for the field for that particular yeah, round. Yeah, showing, showing a bit of form then, yeah. 50 to 1. Hmm. But you look at his headline form, it was 22nd, uh, he'd finished 22nd at the PGA and 30th at the Open. So yeah, again, it wasn't really score, scaring the odds compilers. Hmm. And that's what tends to win here. You know, Jordan Spieth, 35th at the US Open. Russell Knox, 22nd at the PGA. Bubba Watson, miscut the US Open one as a surprise. 42nd at Sawgrass. Kevin Streelman, miscut the US Open. Miscut a St. Jude, miscut a Memorial. <laughs> He's a little bit freaky. Even yeah. Ken Duke, the year before that, miscut a St. Jude, but he was 16th at Memorial. And at Memorial, again, he had another couple of rounds in the top uh, top 10 um, uh, for that particular round. I think it was round two, round three. So he yeah. he'd shot some nice low scores. Mm. Even Mark Leishman, 58th at Memorial, 57th at Colonial, 3rd at TPC Sawgrass. So it's not shouting to me that you've got to be on one of the real form horses. No, no, no. no. Which then gives you a bit more uh, flexibility yeah. in the price. Now, last three of these has been won by Chaps, FedEx Cup positions. Spieth was 6th, Knox was 7th, Bubba Watson was 12th. So there's a bit of a steer. And then if you look at just the kind of core constituents of the actual players themselves, uh, when um, Jordan Spieth won this last year, he was third for greens in regulation across the whole season. Mm. 
Russell Knox was fourth. Um, and even in 2015, a lot of the players that are in the mix around Bubba, like a Paul Casey, you know, he was in the top 10, top 15 for greens in regulation yeah. at the point that he hit the golf course. So um, you just think, yeah. Yeah, there's these correlations. But Bubba's always a strong greens in regulation player as well, isn't he? He is, absolutely. I'll, I'll take you through the top 10. Um, Stenson's at one, he's not playing. Spieth's at two, he's struggling with the putter. Kevin Streelman at three, well, we know what Kevin's like, and he's won here in the past. Yeah. He's telling the story already, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Adam Scott, four. Andrew Putnam was playing, but has now withdrawn. And then you've got the likes of Kyle Stanley at five. CT Pan at eight. Pan's playing some half decent golf. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, he keeps popping up, doesn't he? Uh, he's, he's had a top 10 here. Mm-hmm. So you can see this picture, can't you? Russell Knox, he's 10th in the Greens and Regulation stats so far this season. He won here two years ago. And then, lo and behold, 11th place, Mr. Bubba Watson. Yeah. So it does kind of... Correlation at, at the correlation. Yeah, at the top of the market, if I'm going to back one, and I probably will be, there's a couple that I do like, kind of at those more juicier prices. Mm. I do fancy Bubba, it has to be said. And whether 40 to 1's around in the morning, I doubt it. Yeah, it won't be far off, will it? 35. Uh, I can see a bookmaker's just come out of 40 to 1, uh, fresh price. But I'm seeing 33's at uh, Coral, seven places each way. I mean, that's good enough for me. Mm-hmm. I think Bubba, outside of... You know, would you... Put it this way, Paul. Would you take 33 to 1 on Bubba Watson, or would you take 33 to 1 on Ryan Moore? Well, given the course experience, I mean, Bubba's that kind of beast, isn't he? That you know that the certain courses, certain tracks that he just feels happy and comfortable on, and he can perform on. He's won it twice, and I don't see any reason. Uh, to answer your question, I've been Bubba every day of the week. Absolutely. It's interesting you mentioned CT Pan because I'd made a mental note to uh, to keep an eye on him um, as he popped up because, as you say, he's been hitting an awful lot of greens, isn't he? Yeah, tons and tons of greens. And he's the kind of player that the putter doesn't need to warm that readily, and he's in the mix. Yeah. He, um, St. Jude, he was, I think he was right at the top, wasn't he, after 36 hole, like second or third behind yeah. DJ? Yeah. He shot a 65 in round two, which was fifth best in field. So there's something definitely clicking with Pan. Mm-hmm. And if I could find the paperwork, which is strewn all over my desk, because you know how, how um, I'll work, Paul. Um, I, I apologise, listeners. He was eighth here last year, CT Pat. Yeah. But I think the kind of odds compilers have got their heads around that because you don't see CT Pan very often at prices beneath triple digits. No, it was he 80 to 90? Yeah, 80 and 90 to 1 on Pan. Yeah. But then some nice progressive form 46, 32nd, 2018. And some decent. Um, Decent round. So yeah, he's one to definitely bear in mind, CT Pan. I'm going for Bubba at the top, I think. Um, I just like the fact that if you look at Bubba's record recently, yes, he missed the cut, but you know, there was a prize at the US Open. But actually, you look at him at the Memorial before that. Finished 44th, yeah? Mm-hmm. 71 in round two, 67 in round two. Sorry, round one was 71. Round two, 67. He was 14th at the halfway stage. Shot an awful 77 in round three, and then shot a, a useful 69 in round four. So 69 was just sort of top 12 on the Sunday for scores that particular day. I think Bubba's close. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And, it, you know, we're saying about form that, you know, don't get too excited about players that are, you know, showing first and seconds and thirds in their immediate form. I think Bubba yeah. fit, 
ticks a lot of boxes. And even at the Players' Championship, you know, of course he cannot abide the outing before. He was 13th after round one. He was still 25th after uh, round two, so 36 holes. And for a course that he cannot abide, you know, he's not playing bad at all. So I think Bubba at 33-1 to one is an excellent prize. Yeah, he's won but twice this year as well. He's, 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 he's hardly, twice, he's hardly yeah. playing poorly. He's 11th in the FedEx Cup standings or 10th. I think he he might feel I don't know I I can't I cannot see in a month of Sundays that he would get a captain's pick, but he's not assured an automatic spot. He's still seventh in the U.S. standings, mm. so he could easily fall out of that spot. Yeah, yeah. He'll know that if he has a gra- cracking week this week, finishes second or even wins it, he is guaranteed to be in the Ryder Cup team. Yeah, exactly. And that's a that's a big carrot, isn't it? Yeah, oh, it is. When a lot of the, you know a lot of the likes of Justin Thomas. Brooks Koepka, Patrick Reed, um, you know they were traipsing deep into the tournament like yesterday at the U.S. Open under a intense amount of pressure. Mm. Bubba's had none of that. No. He can turn up there, focus on it. He knows the course intimately. He knows that every hole's a wedge. If that putter starts firing on the bent power like it usually does. He's got to be a factor, hasn't he? Got yeah. to be. No, no, I think that's uh, a good shout. If you're looking at someone else that in that kind of mid-price, I do love the like. I, I was going to go for Xander Schofeli, but he finished too well at the US Open. I'm not picking anyone that was in the top 10, 12 at the US Open. I've done it year after year here, and yes, the odd one like Charlie Offerman gets a place, but inevitably they don't win. The closest we had was, I think it was Freddie Jakobsen back in 2011. Yeah. He finished 14th at the US Open. I've seen no one else this side of that that's been right in the mix yeah. and actually won the tournament. So I'm staying away. One I do like at that price, a player that plays really well on tree-line golf courses. Um, again, I think he's in the top 20 for GIR this season to date. He's already a PGA Tour winner. He plays really slowly. Most people hate him. Patrick Cantley at 40-1 to one is a really... He's got a very good Pete Dye record. Mm. And, you know, on a plotter's course where it's about hitting lots of GIR and he does pet putt well on the bent power mix. You know, we can see that at Riviera, was fourth. He should have won at Memorial a few weeks ago. He didn't. And I think Kant is the kind that will still think, you know, he's a confident lad. I think he he still thinks that he can get into this Ryder Cup squad. And the only way he's going to do that is get another win. Yeah, he's got, got to perform, hasn't he? Yeah, he's got to start really pulling some very, very strong results together, I think, Cantley. And I think he's the sort that will, yeah. certainly could. So I think Cantley and Bubba at the top of the card is a decent shout. Uh, further down, players that I'm liking the look of, I do like the look of Brian Harmon. Yeah, what price is Harmon? I'm seeing Harmon at 60-1 to 1 with bet 365 if you're prepared to take the five at a quarter. Mm. Yeah, well, but even with someone like Paddy Power playing eight places, a fifty odds is fifty to one. Yeah, yes, yeah, options there. Aren't you look at where Harmon plays well. He pretty much is a mirror image of Jordan Spieth. He's like a poor man's Jordan Spieth, mm. but where Jordan plays well, he plays well. Yeah. And you know, we're talking about. You know, we're talking about undercover form. Well, his form doesn't look great, Harmon. Uh, 36th at the US Open. That's decent, isn't it? Yeah, 14th at Colonial. But it's the way that he compiled those scores. I mean, he was 14th at the halfway point last week, and then he fell away. So you wouldn't have thought the weekend was too stressful for him. Mm. 
And then when he played last, before then at Colonial, second round he was he shot 67, which was the same that particular day as Bryson DeChambeau. So, you know, he's in good, good... Uh, he, he was in with good players at that point. 67 in round two, and he then backed that up with a 64 in round three at Colonial. So he's playing some nice stuff, Hartman. Yeah, um, he's hitting greens in regulation. We know he's a he's a very good putter, and if you just look at his record, he's played well upstate. His first PGA Tour victory of the two was at the John Deere Classic, which they play in Illinois. He's got a great. He's another one that's got a fantastic Pete Dye record. He's done well at PGA West. Plays well at Harbour Town. Um, I just think he's kind of right for this. Just the way where his game is at and where he's at. Because Harmon again, he's only he's only one place, or I think he's within the top twelve. If you look at automatic points so far for the Ryder yeah, Cup, so if he won a if he won a big tournament, which this is, again, he's going to be right in the mix for a Ryder Cup spot. Yeah. Well, he had a fantastic start to the season, didn't he? Early season, so he's yeah, had six wanna... top tens already this season, or is it mm. seven? It's one or two. Yeah. So yeah, I'd like to look at him. There's a couple more I do like as well. I think if you're looking for a ball striker, you know what we're talking about season long GIR. Mm. Sitting in fifth is Carl Stanley. Yeah, yeah, Stanley. 66 to 1. And he played really well, didn't he, at Memorial? Got into the playoff. Yeah. Did he get into the playoff or did he muck it up on 18? I can't, I can't quite remember. I was under so much pressure because DeChambeau was right in the mix. I, I forgot the detail. He, I think he got into he, the playoff. He was in the playoff and then, yeah, is that 18th hole? It was his, uh, was his nemesis, wasn't it? But um, didn't, he, 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 didn't he go like uh, four straight birdies? To get himself into a position. Into to, 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 yeah, yeah where he could have, been, uh, could have been winning. But we've seen with Stanley before, haven't we? From adversity, he's then come back and uh, he's converted soon after. So... Yeah, That's how he got his first title, wasn't it? Yeah. Torrey yeah. Pines threw it in the water when he was three clear, one yeah. the week after at Phoenix. He when when you see a player like Stanley putting as well as he is right now, you take note, don't you? Because his greens in regulation and his driving accuracy is, is just he can he can pick TPC River Highlands apart this week. It's just whether the putter works. Mm-hmm. And when you're seeing him putting as well as he did a few weeks ago in contention. I think that's a that's a clear sign at a sixty six to one. That's a decent punt. Mm. The other one I know you're very smitten on is Patrick Rogers, and I'm I'm tempted on him as well. Yeah, he's got it was third back here in twenty sixteen, wasn't he? Yeah. So, um, yeah, and there's nice little bits that are, are popping up. Eighth at Memorial, forty um, first last week, so he was a bit under the under the radar in that respect. But That's not a bad thing, as we said. No, but no, he, no. Top, he topped and tailed that tournament, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Close with a 67. Um, you know, clearly it was a little bit easier on the Sunday anyway, but even so, to produce a, a three-under final day in that kind of environment is... is he shot, yeah, he shot 72 on the first round, and we know that was an evil first day. He was mm. two over, 13th in the field arc. Yeah. So he's clearly playing some good golf. Yeah, he was just... right in the mix at that point, wasn't he? So, yeah, he's... Uh, was he ninety to one as well? I think that's a nice, nice little price on someone yeah. like Rogers. So yeah, he's uh, he's on my list. One I have backed is Brand Schnelliker. I backed him last week, and I, I wasn't. I'm not going to give up on him um, after that one performance. And again, similar to Rogers, um, he finished forty eighth in the end last week. Um, but then, if you look back, he's he's you know he showed some decent form at St Jude. He shot sixty two in the second round there, and he's got lots of little. You know, pockets of form here 
River Highlands over the years, um, yeah. without without really, you know, sticking out like a sore thumb in terms of his actual finishes. But he's got kind of progressive course form at twenty fourth, eleventh, tenth, fourteenth over his last four attempts. And if you dig into that, there's rounds of sixty five, sixty four, sixty four, sixty three here over those efforts. So clearly he can go uh, nice and low here when it all clicks. And uh, if he gets two or three of those kind of sixty four, sixty three rounds. Um, during the course of this week, he's going to go pretty close, I think. I think to get a place around here, I'm just looking. I mean, last year, Charlie Hoffman was 70th for Greens in regulation, and he finished mm. third. So, you know, you can get a situation where someone like a Schnedeker, who's got a very hot putter, yeah. as long as he's scrambling top-notch and hitting enough greens and hitting it close enough and converting enough, he can be a factor. Yeah, I think there's a variety of ways you can yeah, get, get exactly. the job done here, isn't there? So yeah. it does make it trickier from a punting perspective because you can't kind of pigeonhole the players into, you know, will or won't contend because there's a variety no. of different ways to get there. But uh, yeah. I, I, what do you think's happening with Zach at the moment? Is he still flattering a little bit? Yeah, it's a tough one to call, isn't he? It is a tough, a tough one to call because you know when he hits fairways and greens, um, if the putter's working, he's going to contend. But um, you know, he hasn't really crossed my mind for this. I must say, is he on your shortlist, sir? No. Well, kind of. You look at him. He played well last week. Um, you know, Plotter's course, and his numbers are quite good. He's hitting. He, he can hit greens. He seems to be one of these ones where he hit greens one week and putt terribly. That's when I'm not usually on him. Mm. and then he'll kind of ease back with the ball striking and putt a lot better. Yeah. He hasn't quite pieced it all together. Yeah. The other thing with Zach is when Zach wins, and he hasn't won since 2015, remember, the Open, mm. he always makes it very obvious that he's about to win. Yeah. He'll, do, he'll finish like third the week before and then bang, wins the week after. Yeah, and his price You haven't seen that big. ignition yet. You haven't seen that, you know, that, that fourth, that third spot and that he's going to win the next week. Yeah. So I think sixty, you know, for the price available at forty-five, you know, you're really looking for someone that's going to actually win the tournament. I'm not sure Zach's in that kind of space, just the way that he works. Mm. But he's clearly he's there or thereabouts, isn't he? Yeah, not a million miles away, I don't think. So those those are mine. I know that we need to uh, we need to let listeners go. We need to go and watch the football. So um, I appreciate your time, Paul. Yeah, best of luck this week. Uh, yeah, we could do with a winner, couldn't we? Nice. Keep the momentum going. Um, I do like the Travellers. I think it's a tournament that we can we can we can get somewhere close to, and some of those prices look very tempting. So Paul and I will be publishing our tips on Tuesday morning UK time. This podcast, of course, will also be out on Tuesday morning. Thank you for listening. We will be back again next week. Thank you.